0: It's a Wednesday edition of Locked on Warriors. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News. Make sure to follow Locked on Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get podcasts for episodes every day, Monday through Friday. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? And only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. You are Locked on Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Heading into last night's game against Dallas, Warriors fans were riding high. There was talk of the sixth seed and avoiding the play-in tournament altogether. Uh, The Warriors were well-rested. They were playing well. And the Mavericks were playing on the second night of a back-to-back after a loss in Sacramento. And Steve Kerr, for the game was talking about how this was the most important game of their season. Because a win would have given them a tiebreaker and put them in striking distance of the Mavs and the, and the sixth seed. So what did the Warriors do? They laid an egg. One of the biggest eggs of their season. They lost by 30 points. But this game was over by the end of the first quarter when they trailed 36-12. to 12 In the biggest game of the year... They went 9 minutes without scoring, missed 17 straight shots, and gave up a 28-0 run. A run so lopsided it had only been done one other time in the last 20 years. And it's hard to know what went wrong. Uh, In short, everything went wrong. Steph Curry said as much after the game. The Warriors had a hard time making shots. They shot just 40.5% in the game, and that was only because of garbage time minutes in the fourth quarter. I mean, for the most of the game, they were shooting worse than 40% overall. They couldn't make a three-pointer. There was a lid on the basket. They had as hard a time making a shot as they had hanging onto the ball. They had 18 turnovers in the game that led to 21 points for Dallas. Meanwhile, defensively, they couldn't stop the Mavericks. The Mavericks shot 52% overall, shot 52% from three-point range, 18 of 35 overall. Luka Doncic... Needed just uh, just 28 minutes to score 39 points. He didn't play in the fourth quarter. He didn't have to. Steph Curry didn't play in the fourth quarter because there was no point. He played 30 minutes. 27 points on 9 of 18 shooting. He was okay. Like, Steph, I looked up in the third quarter. I'm like, Steph's got 27? He's got 28? Or or 27 points? I can't believe this. Because it didn't feel like anybody was scoring on those Warriors. Like, to me, it was a miracle that they even had, you know, 20 points by halftime. Nobody could score. Andrew Wiggins, 3 of 11. Kelly Oubre, 2 of 10. Jordan Poole, 3 of 14. I mean, nobody could do anything. By the end of the first quarter, Steve Kerr was looking for so many answers. He ended up using nine guys, playing nine different players in that first quarter alone. And it was another one of these lopsided losses that have cropped up here and again for the Warriors this season. And you think back to that Toronto loss. They lost by 50 points or whatever, 53 points, whatever it was, at the beginning of April, and how they responded to that. They're going to need a similar response this time around. But what this loss does is it all but eliminates their opportunity to climb to the number six seed. It's still not impossible numerically, but it's impossible. It's not happening, okay? Okay. It's not going to happen. The Warriors need to respond. They're going to practice today for the first time since April 8th. But now that they don't have the tiebreaker over Dallas and uh, they are now a full game behind the Spurs. The Spurs are in the ninth seed. The Warriors are 10th seed. They are a full game now behind San Antonio. A win would have not only given them the tiebreaker over Dallas but it would have put them in a tie with San Antonio for the ninth seed. I still think the ninth seed is gettable. I still think that Getting out of the 9-10 game and getting into the 7-8 game is possible. I mean, that's the goal for the Warriors, right? If you're the Warriors, the goal for you is to get out of the 9-10 game where it would take two wins to get into the playoffs and get into the 7-8 game where it's only going to take one to get into the playoffs. That is your goal now. This loss makes that clear. Any dreams of chasing the 6 seed and avoiding play-in tournament altogether, it's not happening. In this blowout, you blew that chance. A loss is a loss, blowout or otherwise. Your goal now is clear. Respond the way you did after that Toronto game. Because that Toronto game, we thought, was the lowest of the low that this team could get to. Right? That was the bottom. They had hit rock bottom. And they responded by playing their best basketball of the season. And entrenching themselves as a play-in team at the very least. And right now, this, at least after this loss, it feels like they are destined to be in one of these play-in games. The 9-10 game or the 7-8 game. If you're, the, if you're the warriors your goal is to avoid the 9-10 game at least get into that 7-8 game at least get into that 7-8 game that's the goal now but you have to after this practice you're going to go on a four game trip Oklahoma City, Houston, two games against New Orleans. All of those are winnable games, every single one of them. Now I'm not saying they're going to go 4 and 0, not going to but they could. They have to at least go 3 and 1. Anything less than three and one is a disappointment. You're allowed that those those New Orleans games on the road, back to backs, will give you. You can lose one of those. We'll give you that. That's a schedule loss. We would understand that. But a loss to Houston, a loss to Oklahoma City, who you just crushed a few weeks ago, you can't do that. So you need to respond. Beat the teams that you have to beat. A loss to Dallas, the blowout loss, is tough. The manner in which they lost is hard to swallow. But a loss to Dallas is not hard to swallow. Dallas is a really good team, okay? And they were playing with something to prove after losing in embarrassing fashion to the Kings. I would If they had beaten Sacramento the night before, I don't think they play that way. The Warriors probably win that game. So blame the Kings for actually beating the Mavericks, I guess, on Monday night. If you're a Warriors fan, you could do that. But uh, if you're the Warriors, you need to respond the way that you did after that rock-bottom blowout. This is another blowout. And a string of weird, lopsided losses this year for the Warriors. They have tended to respond well after those. This is going to be an important practice that they have today, and uh, it better it better kind of put them in position to uh, set them up to have another really strong stretch. The schedule will allow it. The schedule will allow it. The Warriors' effort, their execution, all that stuff—that's the other part of the equation. They've responded well in the past. We'll see if they can do it now. Uh, It's time for our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. In sports, if you think joy only happens when you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes. They don't spend all of their days grinding away. They take the time to enjoy themselves, like having a Michelob Ultra with friends, because they know that happiness is the key to winning, and not just the end game, but the whole game. I'm struggling to find who played with joy. Last night. It's hard. Uh, Whatever that was last night, wasn't it? It was not joy by any stretch. I think, if anything, the Warriors probably could have used the Mick Ultra at halftime, recalibrated themselves, and maybe gone out there with a little bit more energy and effort and and all that stuff. But they they just looked like a team that was fatigued, which was strange to me since they haven't really practiced. And the idea behind that was to uh, uh, maintain that energy level, maintain that, that freshness that they had throughout that winning stretch, but uh, they didn't. They didn't have it, and so you know maybe after the game they were able to kick back with a Michelob Ultra, try to forget their sorrows of that loss, and then try to find some joy in that season and, and maybe a, a run that they're hoping to go on here. Uh, so, so that's maybe what the joy is. Michelob Ultra, two point six carbs and ninety five calories in my refrigerator right now. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. So where does this leave the Warriors now? Uh, I mo- I misspoke earlier saying that one of these next uh, four games is is in Oklahoma City. No, it's even better. It's in Minnesota. This next game on Thursday at Minnesota, Saturday at Houston, then two games in New Orleans, and then you've got your uh, two-game series against Oklahoma City when you come back home to Chase Center. So I misspoke earlier and I apologize for that. But that's an even easier schedule. I mean, Minnesota-Houston, those are the two worst teams in the league. New Orleans is... Uh, out of the play-in picture altogether at this point, barring any crazy, catastrophic collapse by the Warriors. And Oklahoma City has one of the worst five records in the NBA. So, And you got two games up against them. So these next six games, Minnesota-Houston, New Orleans twice, Oklahoma City twice. One loss, one loss is about all that's acceptable in that stretch. That's it you have to take care of business. You have to win these games. The way that you took care of business for the most part, right? Let's go back. This Dallas loss not with the Mavericks are a better team. They have been all season long. A loss to the Mavericks is not embarrassing. It was the way that they lost. The fact that they lost 133 to 103. That was what was embarrassing. But a loss is a loss. It still just counts as one. But go but before that. They took care of business against Sacramento. Right? They took care of business against Oklahoma City the first time around, against Cleveland. They got wins against Philadelphia and Denver twice. This is a team that can win big games. And it'll take anything other than that, whatever that was last night, to get back on track. And you've got to imagine that they will. So Minnesota on Thursday, if that's a win. Houston on Saturday, if that's a win. New Orleans, let's just say for the sake of argument they split that. Let's say they lose one of those because it's a back-to-back in New Orleans on the end of a trip. Uh, That would be acceptable to lose one of those games would not be the end of the world you go three and one then oklahoma and then you finish your year on a six-game homestand oklahoma city twice you better you don't get to drop one of those games oklahoma city's terrible they're in your house it's not a back-to-back situation it's a thursday and then a saturday you have to win both of those so that would make them five and one at that point utah and then phoenix probably let's just pencil those in as losses like i said the Warriors have beaten better teams this year. They've beaten Philly without Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. They beat Denver. The first time with Jamal Murray for most of the game. The second time without Jamal Murray, but Michael Porter Jr. went off. So this is a team that can get up for those games. And they're going to be at Chase Center. But let's just go ahead for the sake of argument and say they lose both of those games. 5-3. and three. Then New Orleans, again, for the third time. And then the final game of the regular season against Memphis. All these games at Chase Center. They should be 7-3. They should finish these next 10 games 7-3, which would make the Warriors 38-34. and 34. That's a solid playoff team. It could be good enough. It could be good enough to get you into that 7-8 game. I think it might. I think it might. Uh, the Ringer gives the Warriors a 98% chance of a play-in appearance. They're basically assured of it. Again, the only reason, the only way they fall out of this play-in tournament is just a catastrophic collapse. Catastrophic collapse, but uh, the Ringer also projects them to stay at number 9. Or they're at number 10 right now to, to, to end up at number 9 over San Antonio. San Antonio's got a tough schedule the rest of the way. A 9-10 game would not be ideal. You'd have to win two games to get into the playoffs. You'd have to win the 9-10 game and then beat the loser of the 7-8 game and then play the 8th seed. Just win the seven. get into the 7-8 game, win that game. You, if you get as high as 7, you play that game at home. But either way, if you get into that 7-8 game, you just need to win one to get into the playoffs. That needs to be the goal for these Warriors. Uh, we'll get to some mail next. This is Locked On Warriors. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. But unlike most protein bars, it actually tastes good and it's good for you. Built Bar is great for health-conscious men and women, whether you want to maintain or lose weight... While indulging in a delicious treat Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber They're great if you're on a keto or other low carb diet And they have nine different flavors available now And they just brought back coconut brownie chunk For a limited time So get that now until they, uh, before they sell out That was the winner of our Built Bar Madness Bracket Challenge in March uh, Built Bar is always... Uh, creating and releasing new and exciting flavors, so you'll want to keep checking them out. Bilt Bar has been with us for a long time, and I've been eating Bilt Bars for a long time. Usually in the late afternoon between lunch and dinner, I actually just ran out last week, and I bought myself another box, mostly caramel, uh, it was a caramel brownie, and peanut butter, and I think I ordered the raspberry. So I ordered three different flavors, a mixed box of those three different flavors. It's a good way to give me the boost I need to finish up work late in the day. And like I said, Bilt Bar has been friends of the show for almost a year now. We appreciate the partnership that we've built with them. So support the show by supporting those who support us. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use the promo code lock 15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Promotional support for the show also comes from Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NBA is making the playoff push, and the NHL season and Major League Baseball are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Again, head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, but only when you use that promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Let's open up some mail. This first one comes from Dub Tank Leader in response to the fact that the Warriors will practice today for the first time since April 8th. Should have had this mentality yesterday on his day off. Could have possibly skipped the whole play-in, but beach days with the fam are more important than practice. Not sure who Dub Tank Leader is responding to in this. Steve Kerr, Steph Curry, I'm not sure who he's talking about. But uh, the the whole point of the, the Warriors not practicing was to stay fresh during this stretch run. And I actually don't necessarily blame the lack of practice for the lack of execution against Dallas. I understand why they need to come out and and practice today and just get on the right foot because you can't go into that this this road trip with that taste in your mouth you just can't do that you need to try to get go back to the drawing board build some better habits and then go into this road trip having established those better habits but uh, I don't know that not practicing would have prevented last night Uh, maybe it would have I don't know it's hard it's impossible to know but uh, I wouldn't go so far as to just blame uh, not practicing one day on that loss Nanette writes in: It's like an orchestra that didn't practice. They need to play their part out of tune. Can't play their part. Well, the basket today is not as big as the ocean nor Lake Merritt. Just saying. We also take pride of our team. I have no idea what that means. Uh, Jim Bernstein tweets at me, dude. The pronunciation of OG OG's last name is a Nunobi, not a Nunaby. If you can't say it right, just call him OG. I'm sorry, Jim. I I, I do my best here. Uh, Let's get to this email from Peter Hood, this is the one I really wanted to get to. It's the home stretch, tip of the hat to Bob Myers. When you put a top 20 protection on a pick in the Oubre trade, it should raise eyebrows. Top 20, huh? This was the Warriors brain trust telegraphing their expectations for this season following the conclusion of the draft, and most importantly, the loss of Klay Thompson for the year. The 6th seed was probably set as a goal, with anything between the 6 and 8 seeds being the acceptable range, with the understanding that a 6th seed in the West would equal losing their own first round pick to OKC. I believe that they felt the 6th seed was well within their reach, and they could dial back Steph Curry and Draymond Green late in the season, and stay in the playoffs, and keep their own first round pick if need be, walk and chew gum, chase wins, quote unquote, sometimes, and develop at the same time. The loss of Marquise Chris is oddly forgotten. I think his loss had a dramatic effect on the season as a whole, especially in the way that it impacted Kerr's rotation options, Wiseman's development, and likewise the entire team. The six seed target, once a comfortable goal, has proved to be much more difficult, and they will likely fall short by one one to three games. But they are a shoe-in for the 7-8 seed, and this still has them in the window that I believe they targeted before the season began. Number one, land a 6-8 to eight seed, number two, play into the first round of the playoffs, and number three, keep their own first round pick. To me, that was their goal for the, from the start, and despite all of the adversity, losing Chris, James Wiseman, Juan Descano Anderson trying to kill himself by jumping over the scorer's table in Boston, having a redhead on the team, they are landing pretty much right where they assumed and intended. Point is, nitpicking aside, I still think Bob and Steve know what they're doing. Question. No one has talked about the loss of Marquise Chris this season. He was essentially slotted in as the starting center before the season, and starting or not, he would have been an essential rotation piece for Kerr, who needed minutes at the center position to augment Wiseman's rookie shenanigans. It might be a good exercise to look back over the season and imagine it if Chris were available. I think it's night and day. The minute Chris went down, it was all about Wiseman, and we need him now. Without Chris, the narrative of the entire season changed on a dime. And I haven't read an article or heard a talk show spend more than three minutes on how the loss of Chris impacted the Warriors and their season. He was on the team because Draymond said he needed to be on the team. He's not Tim Duncan, but he showed some promise. Vertical spacer who could work out of the high post, underrated passer, potential to regain confidence in a three-point shot, and could work easily in Steve Kerr's offense. It just seems to me, if you look back on the season, if you imagine what it may have looked like and if we had had Chris available, I believe his presence would have equated to two seeds in the playoff standings. Instead, all Chris got was a few minutes at halftime on air and a ticket to San Antonio. Just saying, think the guy should get some recognition. Cheers. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't go so far as to say Marquise Chris would have made the difference between them getting a sixth seed and avoiding the play-in tournament, and then being where they are right now. The truth is, Chris didn't earn the starting center spot in preseason. Let's remember that. Him and Kevon Looney came out flat in the preseason. And maybe Marquise Chris would have emerged as the starting center at some point. But this team, rightly or wrongly, and I have argued wrongly, uh, had intended to start James Wiseman at some point this season. I don't know. As much as I like Marquise Chris and I feel for him and what and, and I'm rooting for him for the rest of his career, I don't know that he would have been the big difference this season. But, as, of course, Peter... Thank you for the email. Thanks to everybody who wrote in. Thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, and say nice things about the show. You could send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them to me at wgoldberg at com. Thanks for listening.